1: You're listening to The Destiny Show Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network, live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific.
0: Robots Radio presents...
1: Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and I want to welcome you to the show. This is episode 12, and on today's episode, we're going to dive into the latest news and rumors surrounding the future of Destiny after the annual pass. We'll be discussing Arc Week, Crucible rumors, and we're going to share some news about an upcoming game that you guys may have heard of. It's called Borderlands. We also welcome a very special guest on the show, the Vex Minotaur, the great Protheon. Welcome.
2: Hi, thank you for having me on.
1: It's a pleasure to have you on the show. And Protheon is a really cool dude. He has been playing Destiny since 2014. He also really enjoys Destiny memes. In fact, you can find a lot of them on his Twitter account. And he is the founder of Dredgen Legends, which is a Destiny Discord community. And he also enjoys playing Raids, and he enjoys playing Crucible.
3: Yeah, we'll I only slayed you a few times in the Inverted Spires, <laughs> so, you know. Only a few? Mm,
1: okay. <laughs> only a couple of times. We try to be nice about it. All for fun. And loot. Mostly loot. But we have fun. And Shadow Price, what's up, man? How you been?
3: Oh, I've been pretty decent. I mean, it's uh it's been weather's finally starting to get a little nicer around here. I've been trying to mix some of the outside activities a little bit with uh
1: the gaming. But um I've been I've been doing good. Wait, are you playing games outside? I've been dabbling
3: in some gaming outside. <laughs> like, I mean
1: I do have a switch, so you know. Okay, fair enough. See, I have a switch too, but it barely leaves the house.
3: Yeah, that's what I that's what's good about the Switch. And that would be awesome if I could ever put Destiny on Switch. I would would love that. I know I, I kinda harp on that every week and I I kinda just want it to happen. Hopefully one day I wake up and Nintendo will announce it that Destiny's coming to Switch. <laughs> I can only dream.
0: Then you get a Mario Ghost Projection. That'd be pretty dope.
1: Oh
3: my god! <laughs> soul!
1: <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. And maybe we can uh, play as uh, Bowser. Or we get to fight Bowser. How cool would that be?
3: <laughs> oh, a Bowser boss. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That'd be dope.
1: The next, The next Vault of Glass raid is going to have Bowser as the main boss. You heard it here. <laughs> on the Destiny Show podcast. <laughs> Speaking of the Destiny Show podcast. You can find us on all major platforms including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Podbean, and the list goes on. You can also find us on the web at www.destinyshow.com and you can follow us on the Twitter at the destiny show for all of the latest episodes and updates. And Destiny's been going through quite a quite a few Things lately, right? We've had some news coming out and some rumors coming out. So I think today might be a great day to talk about these things. And we are still patiently awaiting for the weekly update to arrive, still not out. So hopefully it does come out before we end the show tonight and we'll include that in the podcast. But before we dive into the weekly update, I do want to have a little chat with our good friend Protheon and find out a little bit more about him and find out how he got so let's let's do that let's have our weekly
2: discussion with the Guardian and of course we
1: welcome Protheon this week so Protheon I'm curious how did you get your name
0: (laughs) so uh I originally started my Twitter account in 2014 just normal person normal account and then I saw a funny account. It was a parody account of the Cryptarch, and it would just constantly tweet, like, am I allowed to swear? It'd constantly tweet, like, fuck you, fuck your exotic. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. So I was like, what could I do? But I never really went through with it until later, until the House of Wolves came out, where there was a Vex Minotaur boss called Quodron that was super oh, difficult yeah. to beat week one. Um, do you remember the Quadron's eye mechanic where you had to, like, shoot the eye, then. and one person oh, yeah the belt. Can take the shields. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I man. thought it was funny if I was that guy and was just a big jerk. So that's kind of like where I started. And then it, when the Destiny 2 beta came out. And that's when Protheon was the first boss. And I'm like, how cool would it be if I just transferred my name to Protheon? So I grabbed <laughs> that name as soon as I could. And then I wanted to be a content creator. I wanted to Give back to the destiny community because they've done so much for everyone and i think it was just great to be a part of it but just with my lack of uh availability i didn't have time to do it so i thought if i can make people laugh that's that's something i could do so that's when i started you know um introducing just silly memes stupid stuff um funny posts and it's just been uh, growing from there so i've just stuck with the protheon name i don't really act like a parody account i just kind of tweet whatever i just kind of use the name um so yeah that's how i became big vex minotaur Protheon. yeah i
3: remember seeing those cryptarch uh posts a lot of times too and uh yeah pretty funny stuff and it's nice that bungie has such a sense of humor it's like they kind of just like go with it a lot of times well then there was a time
0: where some people got very successful from it so they would just make other parody accounts this was very early like 2015 i'm not kidding there was a parody account called petra's knife and it would just tweet every hour saying flip like what is what is what does this come to
1: wow <laughs> i mean i'm shadow price so <laughs> we know what yeah, that you <laughs> maybe you should start a parody account if if shadow price could speak what would shadow price say
2: bring me back to d2 Yes. Kind yes. of cool weapon. <laughs> Absolutely. <Bring me> back. <laughs> That's a cool idea, actually. We'll we'll
1: talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk after you know, the show.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean I would nice to be it would be nice to see some of the legendaries come back. I know they bring the exotics back and everything, but it would be nice to see some of the legendaries come back. They don't all have to come back, but just a few of them. Yeah,
0: just the only move. the only step that they really took forward is the uh oxygen is very close to the hung
2: jury.
3: That's yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, they did bring back the Vestian
2: Dynasty, so that's... Oh, yeah, that's true. ...the sidearm from House of Wolves,
1: original. Without any random rolls, so every time you got one, you would, like, dismantle it. Yeah, that's weird. So weird. Yep. I haven't really used that gun too much, either.
2: I don't really use sidearms anymore. (laughs) Does anybody? I don't (laughs) think so. (laughs)
1: I think one of our buddies uses sidearms, but he just like is. started playing Destiny, and he's Yes! He's fairly new. He's a blueberry, so.
0: He thinks they're Go, cool. He's
1: down. like pew pew pew, look at me. Oh, this is awesome. I'm gonna use a scout rifle and a sidearm, and it's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna kick ass, and I'm like, why would you do that, bro? Like, <laughs> get a shotgun. Have you heard of the Aikilos? Do you
0: not have Kilos? What's wrong <laughs> with you? He
1: actually yeah. does not. Well, I actually got him the game the vanilla destiny cuz i had an extra copy from humble bundle and he really enjoyed the game so much that he picked up the forsaken expansion and the annual pass and we've been playing ever since and that was about 3 weeks ago and he's now like 650 660 on his character like i'm really impressed with um how he was able to get his character up so quickly and he has three characters too which is Crazy. Shadow Price doesn't even have three characters.
2: I have three characters. <laughs> I just
0: don't play all three of them. They're both all the time. They haven't <laughs> faced Gaul yet.
1: What are their light ups? Let's talk about that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Actually, I did finish the campaign on two of them. There's this one I still haven't finished. And that character I haven't finished it on is like 670. Right
1: really? Just, oh, you've yeah. been doing those 640 bounties, huh?
3: Yeah, I did like a 640 bounties, and then I equipped all the high weapons I had and everything. I got some higher armor props.
2: That makes sense. Okay. So, Protheon, how did you start playing Destiny? So, I was a big Halo
0: fan. Um, the first Halo I picked up was Halo 2. Played Halo 3. And then played Halo Reach, which was my favorite Halo. I know it's your favorite Halo as well. I know it's kind of an unpopular opinion. but um. It was my favorite Halo game, and I played that even after Halo 4 came out. I still just stuck to Reach and kept playing it. And then I saw Bungie was making a new game called Destiny. And at first I was kind of skeptical about getting it, and then my friends kind of dragged me in, saying, hey, the beta's out, it's free, just check it out. And that pulled me in. So thanks. Um, I have been playing pretty much every day since then. Um, Taking King, I kind of took a break. Rise of Iron, I kind of took a break. and. Destiny 2,
2: Year 1. We don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sore subject. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I think I'm, like, one of the few people who actually enjoyed Vanilla D2 because the the world looked so freaking awesome on PC, and and the upgrade was so substantial. I mean, it didn't last. It didn't last. I, I think that… Didn't quite get enough content to last us beyond.
0: I kind of put it down around November, I think, and hopped in for a little bit during Curse of Osiris and then didn't hop in again until
3: Warmind. Yeah, we took a lot of breaks during Curse of Osiris. We were playing Division. I I was playing some other Nintendo Switch games and like that. Uh, Yeah. Then we hopped back on Warmind. It seemed like that's when it was taken up uptrend after that so yeah it's, it's really weird bad. for me warmind
0: didn't bring me back until like a month after it came out like i played warmind i was like uh, okay and then it started to pull me in um when i heard about yeah. escalation protocol and the new raid layer which i thought was cool at the time looking back at it I'm not a fan of fire but um yeah it yeah, brought me back
1: yeah i think the osiris expansion was probably one of the lowest points in the game And a lot of people were just really unhappy with how things were going. And I remember they were going into the uh, holiday season. And there were some pretty upsetting things with the dawning that that came out around that same time. So we we took some breaks there. And then once Warmind came out, that's when things were starting to look up slightly. We saw... Positive changes, and we were hearing about Gambit and you know, fall expansion. So, people were starting to come back to Destiny, but we've been playing ever since beta as well. We kind of had a similar story, we've played from the beginning, and we do take periodic breaks from the game because I think it's really difficult for a developer to keep things fun and engaging 12 months out of the year. I think that you know. You should take breaks from, from video games. You, I don't think it's the healthiest thing to play one game for four or five years. And we've kind of done that with Destiny. But it's okay to take breaks. Yeah, I yeah, think it's I-
0: strange. I think it's strange when people act like, oh, there hasn't been anything new to Destiny in one, two months. The game's dead. I'm like, you can't take just a break? Like, breaks are <laughs> breaks are good. Like, when I take a break and come back, I feel refreshed. So I never understood that mindset of you have to play every day and if Bungie can't do that it's their fault I never understood that
1: well look at look at studios like gearbox and Borderlands I mean they took a five year break to develop the <laughs> game and do it right so you know you got to give them some credit for what they're doing they're trying to keep a game as a service model with destiny and it's not easy to do especially with the amount of work that goes into creating a world like destiny it, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of talented people working together to bring something like this to life and sometimes you got to be understanding of that and it's okay to take a break and play other games nothing wrong with that
3: yeah just like they said in that in the outro when they were splitting from activision they said they wanted somebody that was willing to take a leap of faith but somebody was willing to Try something different, something new, you know, something fresh and everything. And Vanilla Destiny, like I said, was one of my favorite times. So how, how did you enjoy Vanilla Destiny? Vanilla Destiny,
0: I think I played almost every day. Um, I loved, I loved it. I loved the mystery of it. I loved the lore of it because I felt like I was introduced into this world. Where I guess looking back, because it had no story, it was more mysterious to me, and that led me to believe more interesting things and I'm a big lore person so mm-hmm. being introduced to this new world where I barely knew anything about I thought it was
2: amazing so you read a lot of the grimoire everything too yes I did
3: nice yeah that same Same for me just the whole the loot aspect and, and the story and everything like the loot was special like I, I didn't realize how special the loot was until like It's like, because I played Borderlands, and I was like, this is cool, but these guns all seem similar. But then the loot in Destiny just felt, it felt really special. Mm
1: -hmm. I think the lore in Destiny is really awesome. And if you really take time to read through some of that, I think you'll have a much better appreciation for the game, and you'll have a much deeper understanding of all the characters and where they come from and how they think and everything ties in together in such a awesome way especially now with the new season of the drifter i think this season we've had some of the best lore that we've had in the entire game and it's it's pretty exciting to see where bungie takes the story of destiny going into fall and going into d3 hopefully in 2020
0: yeah i think it's i think it's really nice now because i feel like for the past 5 years they've been having so many Branching stories that are finally coming together. Like yes, they're finally we're seeing how all those connections are being made. Like we knew nothing about the nine for five years, and now we're getting it, and it's it's really good. Like it was worth the five year wait.
1: And think about this, food for thought. We didn't know much about Osiris, and then we finally got to know him, and it was just a Debbie Downer. (laughs) So it's really cool to see them create. Awesome lore, awesome storytelling in the game. And I'm really excited to see how this shapes not only this coming year, but going into D3 when we can expect a lot more cutscenes, a lot more cinematic elements. And I'm curious to see how they pull off story combined with the new cinematics that we're hopefully going to get in D3 when that eventually comes out.
3: Yeah, it's nice to see the writing team grow at Bungie, too. You can tell how much they're improving everything with the story, how how the lore is, uh, all these interweaving paths are now, you know, they're all starting to connect.
1: Right? It's interesting you mentioned that because I think part of it has to do with the fact that they finally have a team that they settled in with because I think for the longest time. Bungie had to make a lot of changes and rewrite a lot of things. So they didn't really have a team that was really truly dedicated. And once they hire these people on, obviously it's going to take some time for them to really get a feel of what destiny is and how to take the franchise to the next level. So I'm really excited to see where they take the game going into the future. Absolutely. Now, Brothian, what games did you play before you played uh, Destiny?
0: So, um, I like I said, Halo Reach was a big one. I also enjoy Telltale's Walking Dead series, uh, which actually just got
2: wrapped up this month or last month. Um, I played a lot of. Let's see, <laughs> I played
0: Borderlands for a little bit. Uh, wasn't a huge fan. Um, like, I mean, I played them, but I I'm not as dedicated as I was like Halo and Destiny and that kind of stuff. Um and then I kinda played Black Ops and Call of Duty, and then it just kind of faded out for me around Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3 is when I just kind of stopped playing. But um I like I bought Black Ops 4 and I thought it was pretty good. So those are the only games I'm really uh playing other than Destiny
1: right now. Yeah, I really loved Halo Reach as well. That's one of my favorite Halo games. That's what got me into the Halo franchise and I think that was the first game where I actually seriously played PvP. And it was so much fun. We've had such good times playing uh, PvP and playing Firefights. Such a good time. And I'm, I'm so excited that Halo Reach is coming to PC finally. After all these years, this year is going to be pretty exciting.
3: I know. forgot about that. Like, not only Borderlands 3. Is we got the Halo Master Chief collection from the PC,
2: so yeah, that's yeah, so really cool.
1: Destiny is going to have some competition this year,
2: that is for certain. Now,
1: Protheon, so what do you do in the Destiny community? How are you involved in Destiny these days?
0: So, very recently, actually, beginning the season of the Drifter, started this Discord server. Well, originally. Let me back up. Sorry. Originally, I had a tweet that said, hey, I love Gambit, but I hate playing by myself. I know a lot of people do. So I'm just going to make a big Twitter, like LFG chat. So if anyone on Xbox, I'm an Xbox player, would like to play, just let me know. And I got a lot of responses. And we actually hit the max limit, which is 50. And I was like, that kind of sucks. And I was thinking about making a Discord server, but I wasn't too familiar with Discord. And then um, someone else I knew. Ironically, also a parody account named uh the Gambit host, uh Dredgen, or the Drifter. He said, Hey, I am inspired by what Protheon did. I want to make one for PlayStation. And then that's when him and I started talking. I was like, we should probably just make one big Discord server. So we did that, and we now have, I believe, 280 members. Um we have an LFG for Xbox, PlayStation, and PC, and it's not just uh, Gambit, it's for all activities. Um, it's I'm very impressed with how much we've grown in um, actually a month today. Didn't Season of the Drifter start March 4th, March 6th,
2: something like that. But yeah, in a month we got 280 people that are ready to just play and I've been very happy with it.
1: Awesome. Well, make sure to shoot me a link to it and I will include that in the show notes. So if anyone wants to check out a cool new Destiny discord community you can do so with uh, protheons
0: yeah thank you and then um i guess also i just make memes if I, if I think of something funny or whatever i try my best to just make people laugh um so i usually whatever is going on in the community whatever is happening i just try to
2: tweet something relevant that'll make people and brighten their day That's, That's awesome. awesome. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And that's what I
1: love about the Destiny community that a lot of the people are so positive and so community driven and happy to help other players. You know, and, and I think that's something very special about this community because ultimately we're very vocal about the game and the way that it's being released, but we're also very passionate and we care about the game and we want for it to be better. And it's, it's awesome. You meet so many great people in this community, whether you're a 70 year old playing with your grandson or whether you're, you see so many cool people out there from artists to musicians, um, musicians, and all kinds of people.
2: Yeah.
3: It's a very diverse community.
1: That is very true.
3: Yeah. I had a chat with Big Show one time before on Twitter and everything. And he's a huge Destiny fan. Uh, during the war mine, uh phase.
2: it's yeah, it's really cool. It's just really cool to see how positive
3: people are, and how they're willing to like, you know, share their stories and things like that. It's it's, it's just really cool. There's this uh,
0: guy in the in the Dredgen Legend Discord server. I can't remember the name, but he helped seven people with the Thorn Strike. Anyone who wow. said, "Can anyone help me?" He was like, "I'm on it. I'll help you," and he got everyone through it. I remember his name, I'll let you know, but it was just amazing to see like running that strike seven times would make me go
4: insane.
2: That strike is hard. Yeah. Especially when you get to the boss. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Didn't we try to, like, two-man it? Um, we might have. But we did.
1: Definitely.
4: And then we got a third.
1: We're like, uh, this is taking a bit longer than we expected. (laughs) Let's get a third (laughs) in here. We got
0: this. We like to challenge ourselves, but only so far.
2: We can use a third. <laughs> they just released the TWAB, by the way. Oh, nice. F5. F5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm reloading. I don't <laughs> see it. I don't either. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I just got that tweet <laughs> notification. We're getting ready for some high voltage. Man, yeah, yeah it's not refreshing for me either, Corn. That's weird. Maybe I'll just reload.
1: Maybe it's only available to certain people. They just hit the <laughs> update. Yeah, for a specific group. Maybe the VIP. <laughs> I do want to ask you. You've been playing Destiny for quite some time. Do you have a favorite exotic weapon in Destiny?
2: I do, and it
0: was the Bad Juju, which is still not in Destiny Two. Nice. It was the one I brought to Baltic Glass. Full rifles used to suck in the beginning of Death. They were not very good um, in PvE. Um, mm-hmm. But I just loved the health, freedom, and the super energy. And I was a Nova Bomb, Warlock. Uh, so I brought that and then I got Obsidian Mind later on and I just paired those two together all the time. So I just had endless super. Um, I love the design of the gun. Really hoping it comes to Destiny 2 soon because I miss it a lot.
3: Yeah, that was a cool gun, kind of underrated, in yeah. a way. Yeah, that would also go good with, like, Skull of Diarmacara, too, probably, wouldn't it? Anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
0: uh, I still need to get the ornament for Skull of Dire It actually turns it black,
3: so I need Oh, that. nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, the design of the weapon was, it, it was really cool. Like, it had, like, that smoke on the front of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a cool cool gun.
1: I'm very fond of... <laughs> Weapon that you guys might recognize called Icebreaker. That was my favorite weapon in the game for Exotic. I've had so many awesome memories playing through strikes, nightfalls, and it was really my go-to until they nerfed it quite a bit in D1. But that was such a special
2: weapon to me. Ah, I see the 12 now. It's up.
1: Finally, F5. (laughs) a little bit late but you know better late than ever but we're gonna dive into it in just a little bit but before we do um i do want to ask protheon a few more questions and protheon what are your thoughts on the new season of the drifter that uh came out this last month
0: so i love gambit i loved gambit when it came out um I do like the season more than Black Armory as of now, but I've also been playing the season casually just because personal life is in the way. Um, so I think it's better <laughs> than Black Armory by far. I, I was kind of disappointed with Black Armory. If it didn't have the raid, I would have been really disappointed by Black Armory. Um, but I'm really liking Season of the Drifter and I like the loop that they have between Reckoning and Gambit Prime. However, I do think that players that don't like Gambit are kind of getting screwed over in a sense because um, I definitely feel that like if you don't like a certain
2: activity, this isn't for you, which kind of sucks. Yeah, it's kind of good <laughs> assessment of that, I would say.
1: <laughs> I think I've been playing this season more casually as well. I haven't been playing it as much as I played Previous seasons, I think in Forsaken, I know life did. And then after that, slowed down a bit. I think I also agree with you that this season is better than uh, last season that we got. Um, Also, it's tough because in a way you have to properly set your expectations for the content that we're getting. Because essentially, it's broken up into three content pieces instead of two that we had last year. So you're paying about between $10 and $12 for
2: each DLC content pack. So for what we're paying,
1: I think that it's, it's not bad. But I think that it's difficult to maintain a game as a service, um, especially when players are expecting new content each and every week. So in a way, it's not always the most realistic thing for them to develop so a lot of people come in with an expectation of getting something a lot bigger than what we actually got and that's one thing that i noticed with the annual pass overall
2: that was different from last year's expansion pass
0: overall i'm pretty okay with the annual pass i do think there could be some improvements um i don't hate it as much as some other people do but my biggest Gripe with Black Armory was the forges really didn't feel different, and it really felt like no matter what forge I was doing, I was doing the same thing. Like the grind, like the grind for the guns, I thought was cool, and like forging your own weapons for the, that specific role, I liked that. But um, the forges, the forges just were not fun to me. That was my biggest thing.
2: Yeah, I I can
3: I can agree with that, for sure. Yeah, just like, too. They were too samey, you know. Just. Yeah doing the same thing over and over again. There wasn't enough variety, unfortunately. Like the Reckoning has modifiers. That makes it interesting. Makes it different. Yeah. New stuff, but Forge yep. is just the same thing. Yeah, and it you can get through the Reckoning stuff like uh, probably like quicker and, and farm for those guns and everything. You don't have to keep going back to a NPC in the tower and everything yeah. to, you know what I'm saying? You just load the thing right back up after you beat the boss. Okay.
2: Okay. So, that's what's cool Yeah,
1: I, I definitely agree on that as well. I think that Bungie, I understand what they tried to do with uh, the Forges. But ultimately, once you got the weapon that you're chasing after, there's no reason to go back and play it. I think that's one of the problems with, with Destiny overall. If you look at games like Call of Duty and with Zombies. Zombies are quite repetitive in terms of you're playing the same thing, but there's a reason for you to keep playing the game, right? You you want to achieve that high score, where in Destiny, there isn't really a system built in where you have a real leaderboard or something for you to chase after, after you get the weapon that you were chasing after in the game.
3: Yeah, it's more a horizontal progression in, like, zombies than... It is the
1: other. Yeah. And if you um. think about it, it's kind of that way, just across all of the activities in Destiny, there's nothing where you're, you're continuing to play because you
2: want to get that high score. Or if you look at Halo
1: Reach, for example, you grind it, especially in that game, because you wanted to achieve that pinnacle title in the game, right? and They kind of have titles with seals, but half of it is kind of hidden behind RNG, and it's just not a fun grind. And I I think that Bungie definitely needs to add more verticality to the activities in the game, especially with things like Forges or even Gambit, for example. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the future and how they make things more interesting as the season progresses and going into season of the opulence and beyond yeah i'm
2: excited now protheon if destiny wouldn't exist today what other game would you be playing oh god
0: um (laughs) i guess i'd probably still be sticking with the halo series yeah i don't see myself playing many other games i mean i play a lot of fun party games with Friends, um, I get into new games here and there. Oh, also, I uh, this is a pretty w- big one I left out. I a lot of people hate me for saying this, but I, I like Smite. It's kind of like the third person League of Legends. It came to Xbox free, and when I first got my Xbox One, I was just looking at all the free games, and I'm like, hmm, I'll try that out. So I play that
2: quite a bit whenever uh, Destiny isn't isn't at its best, and I have a lot of fun in it. We had a buddy that played too on like PS4, yeah, and they really enjoyed it. You know, I think it was also like a free-to-play game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people just tell me, "Well, why don't you just play League of Legends?" I'm like, I don't know. It's better. <laughs> and Protheon, I'm
1: curious, what do you think of the Borderlands game
2: and uh, Anthem?
0: So yeah, Borderlands. I'm uh, I'm excited. I played. One and two, like I said,
2: not a lot, but I played them. Um, I definitely know it has a good reputation, so I'm pretty excited for it. Um, and anthem. I got anthem, and I didn't didn't play it much. Uh, there wasn't much. There wasn't much bringing
0: me back to keep playing. Um, I actually hit this block in the story, which I'm sure everyone knows about now have to like ignite these tombs or something i got to that and it's like a long quest grind uh and i just was like i finished it and i was like that was that was kind of boring <laughs> then i heard it started breaking ps4 consoles so i kind of stayed away from it uh since then i know some people love it so go ahead if you love it power to you keep playing it but it's not a game for me
3: yeah that was bizarre about the whole Closing down the consoles, like, just, like, shutting them down. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I've been hearing that Jason Stryer broke some news of Anthem very recently. There's some new um, information that we got about the game's development. Do you guys hear lots. about that?
0: Yeah, lots of news. I was able to read the whole article, but it's it's a lengthy read. It took me about, like, 30 minutes, 35 minutes to read the whole thing.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. I haven't read the article, but I have seen the uh, tweets from, I want to say SkillUp tweeted out and a bunch of other members of the video game community. They tweeted out about Anthem, and it sounds like they're not doing too well right now. A lot of uh, turmoil going on with with that game.
0: Pretty much the TLDR is there's bad leadership. EA pushed them a little too hard, but at the same time, they weren't working as hard and there was bad communication.
1: Shadow Price, have you played any anthem?
3: I played like the open beta, I believe. And I played it for like, I don't know, about
2: an hour and a half or so. And I mean,
3: it was all right, but I just didn't find anything like groundbreaking and really special in it. You know, it felt cool to fly around, but it just, I don't know. It just, it lacked, it lacked that special
2: flavor that I was looking for.
1: Yeah. I think the graphics were pretty, but there wasn't a whole lot of depth and I think the movement and the the way that your character moved around and all the abilities, they just didn't really feel. As smooth and as good as Destiny feels like to me. So ultimately, I I did try out the beta for it, but I decided not to pick it up and wait and see what happens with the game. Because back, I don't know if you guys remember, but last year there was a uh, reveal for Anthem, and it almost felt like when they announced it and they were showing it off that people didn't quite have a or I should say, the developers showing off the game didn't really have a very good idea for what the game was. They, they couldn't really explain what the game was to,
2: to a point where I understood it. All right, and that's the
1: show. I'm just kidding. Actually, we had a technical difficulty during the episode recording this week, and we lost a good chunk of content. About an hour and a half worth. And I learned quite a few things this week through the process of learning from mistakes of not having double and triple backups of all of the content that we are recording as a podcast. Unfortunately, the Destiny community is pretty awesome so awesome that a lot of the members and fellow podcasters actually reached back out to me and offered me quite a bit of advice on how to record better in the future so that I can avoid losing content like we did this week. I was fortunate enough to have my co-host and our guest be willing to come back to re-record the segment that we lost and without further ado here is the rest of the destiny show podcast hello guardians and welcome back to the destiny show podcast i want to welcome everyone back and i want to thank shadow price and protheon for being back on the show Uh, We're actually on one day later because we had an issue with our recording that we lost about an hour and a half of content. So I apologize about that, and I thank Protheon and Shadow Price for being on with us tonight to re-record the conversation that we had about the weekly update, the patch notes that are coming with update 2.2.1, and we'll talk about the future of Destiny. So, thank you guys for being back on.
3: No, yeah. problem. And you can, no problem. And you can thank Sir Deej for uh, blowing that one. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thanks, Sir <That's> Deej. Deej.
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Deej from Bungie. <laughs> actually, I think Shadow Price does it way better than me. You should do it next time. Do it now. Hi,
3: I'm Deej from Bungie. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good.
1: Much better. So, guys, let's talk about the weekly update. We actually got a chance to read through. The patch notes that came with update two point two point one, and we got to learn about Arc Week a little bit more. We know that it will be coming next week, uh, starting on Tuesday the 9th We will have a Arc Cinch and Arc Bounties theme in the tower to make things a little bit more interesting, and Mayhem will also be returning as the Crucible featured playlist. And one other thing is coming and that is the Thunderlord Exotic. So if you haven't gotten a Thunderlord yet, you can get one one more time from April 9th until April 23rd.
3: I think we know a buddy corn
1: that doesn't have their Thunderlord yet. So it'd be cool to help him out with it. Yeah, it'll be fun to go back to it and play through the content again because I think it was a really fun quest line, and it'll be fun to go back and uh, play through it again and help some friends who maybe haven't gotten their Thunderlord yet. Yeah, I have a yeah. say.
0: I have some friends as well who don't have it, don't even know
2: anything about it. So I'm excited for them to uh, finally do that quest okay. line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, oh. and.
1: Also, um, for the abilities, we have quite a bit of changes that are coming to Destiny with this new update. We have essentially all of the ARC subclasses are being fine-tuned and updated according to the new meta that
2: is coming to Destiny.
3: Yeah, lots uh, lots of buffs. Happen until the yeah. arc, lots of the arc subclasses. It's kind of
0: weird because it's kind of weird because looking back, I don't know how I didn't see that coming because no one I know uses arc subclasses. Like, if you look at it as a whole, they really aren't special, not really strong. The best one I could think of is Chaos Reach for the Warlock.
2: Other than that, all the other ones are just kind of meh right yeah. now in both PvE and PvP.
3: Yeah, if you're a hunter, everybody's using Spectre Blades in PvP. So <laughs> yeah.
2: There was that a uh, short time where when Titans got that buff, they would have infinite gist of havoc. But then it kind of faded out again. Yeah. Yeah, and they're gonna be doing quite a few
1: changes here with this new um update. They're gonna be making changes to the stripe striker class, the arc strider class. Subclass will be getting quite a few changes, uh, the stormcaller, the void walker and dawnblade, which aren't our subclasses were also mentioned in this update. Um, and just to quickly give a rundown to our audience, uh, for striker code of judgment, weapon damage will be increased by 25% in PVE and 20% in PVP. Duration will be also increased from 10 to 16 seconds and the buff timer on the HUD will also be displayed. So small UI change coming there. Um, also we have some changes coming to the Arcstrider Way of the Warrior subclass. With our Combustion Blow, there will be a bonus melee damage increase that stacks three times and it's going to get a 60% increase in PVE and a 22.7% increase in PVP. That's pretty specific, wouldn't you guys say?
3: Yeah, 22.7. It's a good number. Wasn't
0: there that buff to auto rifles back in year one where it was like 0.04% or something like that? Do you remember that?
3: Yeah, I remember that, yeah. (laughs) And there...
0: They didn't even, like, yeah. give any, like, feedback about it or, like, uh, explanation. Bu- Bu- they just, like, threw it in there, and everyone was like, what?
3: <laughs> Bungie got ripped for that one, I remember. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, rightfully so, though. It's yeah. strange.
3: Yeah, it was. It's nice to get, like, really um, large increases here. And it's nice that how specific they are just for
1: yeah, it it definitely shows that Bungie is being a lot more transparent about the changes that are coming to the game than they were, let's say, two, three years ago.
3: Yeah, like the whole thing when they added skill-based matchmaking, like stealthily, without telling anybody, like that was during like the Taken King. It's like everybody figured it out, like, aha, we knew you guys did it, <laughs> you didn't say anything <laughs> until we caught you.
1: And just to move on with the changes here. For Deadly Reach, we have an increased buff duration from 6 to 8 seconds. And also the buff will no longer be consumed by the melee hit. Uh, Moving on to Arcstrider. Way of the Wind. For Disorient Blow, we have an increased Disorient Distance by 50%. And we have an increased duration of Disorient from 1.5 to 2 seconds, so slight change there. Uh, with, with Focused Breathing, we have an increased Dodge uh, Recharge bonus while Sprinting of 100%. Do you guys know what Focused Breathing is?
3: Um, That just means you get to dodge a lot, I guess, with that subclass, right? Because you get to do the floppy fish, like, basically, right? Dodging the recharge bonus, so just like you dodge and you get it back immediately. So, dodge, 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 uh, just keep doing it, and it's not going to take that much super up.
1: Yeah, I haven't uh, used it myself too much. Um, the last time that I used Arc Strider was on my hunter when we would melt the bosses during the strikes with uh that chest piece, Raid Flux. And that was the last time that I really used the Arc Strider subclass. I'm usually a golden gun uh, kind of player Ah. with my Celestial Nighthawk.
0: So I found the Focused Breathing and Combat Meditation, what they do. Focused Breathing is sprinting, recharges your dodge ability, and then Combat Meditation, when critically wounded, melee and
2: grenade, charges faster.
3: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay.
2: So... Yeah, I have no idea what those were. I'm not a hunter main.
3: I play hunter every now and then, but...
2: Never, uh, never heard of those That things. makes sense.
3: So, like, as you're losing health, like I says, you're bloodied by 25%, you get your grenade and melee back.
1: And, uh, just to move on, we have Combat Meditation up next, and it will have an increased bonus grenade and melee regen when bloodied by 25 percent. Okay. And then for lightning reflexes, there will be an increased damage resistance while dodging from 25 to 40 percent in PvP and from 63 to 70 percent in PvE. Uh, moving on to Stormcaller, uh, Storm Trance Super, the damage scale will be increased to 150 percent over the course of 5 seconds. Uh, For the Stormcaller Attunement of Conduction, uh, Chain Lightning Melee can now be chained up to five times with each target hitting twice, and the chain damage will be decreased from 50 to 31 uh, chain hits per damage uh,
2: hit. Cool. Any thoughts on that? Um, I actually got tagged on Twitter yesterday after the TWAB went out
0: about the damage scaling up to 150%, where uh, I had a tweet about Storm Trance not being as strong, and I asked like people, what what would you do to it? And one of my things were having it scale up over time. So I think it's really cool seeing this, because um, I do think that'll help the super. Cause I don't know, do you guys play Storm Trance Warlock at all? No, not as, at much.
3: All? <laughs> I mean, not as much. Not as much. I will be this week, because I want to try out my Stormcaller again.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it feels really weird because it does take out a lot of adds, but there's always that one major where you're just going at forever and it's doing nothing. So I think that's scaling up over time. Like, if you are focusing your super at one enemy, it should scale up to do more damage. So I'm happy to see that change because now it's not just a ad super.
3: Yeah, and I like the fact that uh, you can chain up to five times too and it getting hit twice and then it's just- You know, also the you know it's just it's you're attacking more enemies like with it with it and it's becoming more effective, like kind of like how it was in D one. Everything that's pretty cool.
1: I think that these are really interesting changes that uh, they're introducing to the game, and also for Arc Web can chain more targets and go back and forth now. It will have increased chain damage from ten meters to twelve meters, and Chaining arc damage can now reduce cooldown of grenades uh, with an increase of 3% in PvE and 10% in PvE. It's actually interesting because it's going to have a greater increase in PvP as opposed to PvE.
3: Yeah, it's also interesting because the, this is them kind of separating the PvE and the PvP. Like, sandbox. Or oh yeah how these subclasses are going to react.
1: That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. But yes, it looks like they are starting to separate what the supers perform like in PvE versus PvP. And it'll be interesting how they uh, create changes to things like Spectral Blades, because that's been a pretty powerful and overpowered ability in PvP, especially in the competitive landscape.
3: Yeah, we're getting down to that one,
1: and we all know about that. Um, so moving on, Stormcaller Attunement of the Element. We have Electrostatic Surge will have an increased bonus regen rate of Rift by six hundred percent with nearby Guardians. It will also have extended Rift duration, increased from fifteen to twenty percent, and it will also have UI updates where the buff will now be visible on the screen so that's all welcoming changes that one's really interesting because it almost feels to me like the buff that we got during crimson Days, where if you're nearby your enemy you get a buff throughout the duration of the match
0: yeah so that bottom tree of stormcaller is very allied focused because i think there's another one Called lightning reflexes in that tree, where if you're critically wounded or an ally is critically wounded, I think you move faster or something like that. Um, So it's nice to see. It's almost kind of like a supporty
2: storm caller tree, I guess you could say, because that's the same one that has the arc soul. And uh, it's actually next on the list. Yeah.
1: And let's talk about arc soul. It will have an extended duration by 50%. Yeah,
3: I like the little arc. Guy. It's uh, it's very handy to have lots of gunfights. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool addition that
0: they added. Like, that was one of my favorite things. It's just that little. It's pretty much an automated turret, like
2: right next to you. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically.
1: Yeah, definitely. And now for Voidwalker, uh, we will have some changes also that that are taking place this week. Actually, Voidwalker and Dawnblade. Uh, First up for Voidwalker Nova Warp Super, we will have a reduced initial charge detonation energy by 20%, reduced energy cost of charge by 7%, reduced time requirement to recharge detonation from 0.9 to 0.7 seconds, reduced dark blink cost by 20%, and increased base super duration from 18 seconds to 22 seconds that's a mouthful.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, they hit it, that one pretty hard, just like they said, and, you know, they wanted to kind of give it a little bit more love and give it a little bit more plague. People really
2: liked that. Uh, yeah, probably my favorite super game. I haven't used it since that nerf, just because it's not viable, both in PvE and not PvP. Yeah, I've barely unlocked it i i've got
3: to get working on my warlock and getting those new subclass so
1: now w- would you guys say that they did enough with this update to make Voidwalker a more viable option in the game
3: the nova war definitely i mean the the nova bomb was already oh that got buffed like supreme in the last uh patch the last they-
0: they turned that bomb into a nuke. Like It is an actual yeah. nuke now. It destroys. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen anyone Escalation Protocol since then. It it just oh half-hits a boss. With no tractor cannon, with no buffs. It just half hits it. it's, it's, it's a, it,
3: it. Yeah, it decimates it. For sure. Then if you're wearing Skull, a Hamakara, you get oh, yeah. that
1: super back. Quick, quick. And then also for Dawnblade, we have a, a few changes as well. For the Everlasting Fire perk, we have the amount of super gained from everlasting fire has been tuned. The initial run has been increased from 10% to 13%. Excuse me. Uh, the returns decay. Oh, there it goes again. Do you want to read that, Shadow? Return
3: decays linearly over the course of 30 <laughs> kills from 13% or 0.13% to 0.75%.
2: Uh, yeah, so. yeah. What what he said? <laughs> so yeah,
1: that's a bigger mouthful.
2: This was kind
0: of strong. I'll admit. Um, I always switched to Dawnblade during the heart encounter. Um, where you're returning the heart from Riven, because there's just endless ads. And you can use your super the entire time. It it it, it was true. it was a little ridiculous. It was a lot of fun. So I'm a little sad, but I understand why this is uh, why this is changing.
3: Yeah, and before they nerfed the bottom tree on the Titan, you could probably do the same too.
2: Yeah, there, probably. In a way. I don't doubt it. And then to finish
1: up the discussion about super abilities, we have a really interesting comment that was uh, mentioned by Cosmo in the update, and that was regarding Spectral Blades. And he went on to mention that it will be brought back in line in the near future, which to me means that it will get a buff. No,
3: it'll get, Does that- it'll be get a nerf, because right now it's, like, really strong still. Still super strong. They said that it's out of bounds, and they're looking to, you know, do something with it, but they're not ready to put forth that, you know, that nail, fortunately. And this reminds me, like I said, a lot of that whole Firebolt controversy back in D1 when they said that, oh, yeah, it's really strong, but we're not going to do anything about it right now.
0: Yeah, and uh, I I think I finally kind of figured out like their philosophy on things, especially with the Crucible. Um, when they want to fix something, they try to really get it right, and I don't think that's how you do it. I think it should be learned by trial and error. Um, like for example with spectral blades they're saying that oh we really want to take time with it and make sure we get it right if you just nerf like some things about it that like damage resistance like some number values that you could just put into change uh, like damage damage resistance that kind of stuff if it's too strong of a nerf then you then you do another small uh to do another nerf to it or do another buff like i think they need to learn more through trial and error rather than really trying to get something perfect and then introducing it because either they totally mess it up they did it with Nova Warp or it's just, we wait too long. Spectral, I, I think they need to learn more through trial and error, especially in the Crucible rather than really trying to get it right every single time.
3: Yeah. And I, I miss being able to like snipe people out of their super and everything. And you can't do that right now. Like yeah. supers are way too powerful. We've, there's got to be a way to combat them than just using another super like if you're skilled enough and you can hit that shot you should be able to to, to do it now i'm that, not saying all the time but you know yeah that
0: that's exactly what i said um cosmo had a tweet where he asked uh, paris he was hey what what do you think we could do to crucible um that could improve it and i replied i was like i know you're asking him but this is me and i said that supers are way too strong like, in general. Like, how, exactly what you were saying, how sniping, like, you should be able to snipe someone out of their super. That's a skilled shot to take, especially because supers yeah. make you move much faster.
3: Um, at least with a high-impact snipe. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And I, that yeah. was the biggest complaint in uh, when they introduced Sunbre- Sunbreaker in D1. You couldn't one-shot them out of their super no matter what, and it changed that eventually, so you could mm-hmm. But now it just yep. doesn't exist at all.
2: Yeah. I think you could do it with, like, Arc Staff and Maybe Chaos Reach, something like that, but not any other mm-hmm. super. Right.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I think that part of the problem with Crucible is that, yeah, supers are so powerful right now that you can't really combat. Unless and with the super, maybe yeah. Unless you have another super. And oftentimes you would go into the competitive playlist, especially and you would just get destroyed because the other person's using spectral blades and you can't even see them coming and it's either that or one-eyed mask that was really the most overused uh ability in the game
2: during uh the time about a few months ago
1: before they did uh the changes with the nerf with uh that the one eyed mask, I think it was the beginning of March, if I'm not mistaken, so it was about a month ago.
2: Yeah, sounds about right.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering what would happen if they completely removed supers from the competitive playlist altogether, where you are completely dependent on you and your weapon and your ability to shoot the enemy from whatever distance you I, are given on the map.
3: I think I would like to see something like that, in Destiny. I would like to see like a gun game mode like uh, they have in Call of Duty where you're just using guns. They're Start off with the team Dynasty as you move your yeah. way out. Yeah. Yeah. People. I would love that. I, I agree with
0: you with the super thing, but I also kind of disagree at the same time because supers really make Destiny what it is, and if you take that aspect away, what game is it? Um, now? Yeah. But I, I totally understand like the competitive... Like I would like to see them introduce something similar to that because supers do play like, such a strong role
3: um in competitive principle. Yeah, I'd just like to see a game mode. I I'm not saying strip it. From, oh yeah, like, you know, crucible. Like or even competitive. Just I'd like to see some sort of game mode. Just like in High Halo they had shoddy snipes and everything. Where you used a, sh- a shotgun and a sniper. And,
0: and I thought they were gonna do that more like with the the skirt, uh what's that called? A cannon. What was that? Game mode, calls. scorch cannon.
3: Yeah. yeah, scorch cannon, right? That yeah. one
0: game mode where you just go with the scorch cannon. I thought that was so much fun, and then they just like, eh, "Yeah, we're done." I was like, "That was yeah. so cool. I would love to do more stuff like that."
3: Yeah,
1: I would too. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the Crucible over the course of the next three to six months, especially going into season of the opulence and going into the fall update that we hopefully coming with Destiny. And we will talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. But I think it's going to be a really interesting thing to see how they can incorporate the game and what new things they can bring to the Crucible to make things interesting. Because they did actually mention in the weekly update about the Crucible, and we will talk about that. But before we do, I, I do want to dive into a few things that were mentioned about patch notes update 2.2.1 which is coming on april 9th we do have new exotic weapon catalysts that are being introduced into the game for the nightfall and strikes playlists you will have the opportunity to get the prospector the rat king and the hard light weapon catalyst starting on april 9th and also if you like to play crucible you can earn the cirrus regime exotic weapon catalyst as well do you guys have any thoughts on that i'm pretty
3: happy to hear this it gives us uh some horizontal progression things that we can chase um that will make our guns
2: more powerful our exotics i'm I'm happy that they didn't ditch this idea of weapon catalysts as a whole because they
0: haven't added any in almost a year, I would say Has it been almost a year? Just about
3: there yeah. wasn't for any any forsaken yeah, they so, just introduced them and then they were like, and we're done, and I thought yeah, that the last they were gonna be done. ones we had were war I believe you know, when we had the sleeper catalyst and the one for Huckleberry and you know those yeah, so
0: i'm I'm happy that they haven't uh, ditched. Idea. I thought during Black Armory, I was like, "Oh, we should see more weapon catalysts by then." That's, that's plenty of time. There'll be more exotics, and they didn't. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And then, season of the Drifter came, and no more. And I was like, "Oh, I guess they're done with that." But I'm, I'm happy that they're, that they're bringing these back.
1: Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. I think it gives us things to chase after. I think it is unfortunate that we haven't gotten any strikes in seven months since Forsaken launched. So I think it does limit the variety that you have in your gameplay in some ways. And it does add some level of repetition to what you're doing. Although it does give you some new things to chase after. So in that sense, I think that, you know, they're, they're doing better than how they were in past seasons. Yep. And now to move on to a few more things in update 2.2.1. They do talk about the Warlock Bloom ability fix that's coming next week on April 9th. Um, also, Zer will offer random roll perks for armor. And I thought that was already included in the game, but I guess maybe that wasn't?
0: Yeah, I went to Zer today and I bought um, invest because I don't have that for my hunter yet. And I was like, oh, I guess it isn't random rolls. <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought it was, but...
1: Yeah, I thought it was too. Weird. Okay. Wait, you, you can buy West right now? Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's being oh, sold as Nice. Zero.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yay. Oh,
0: I'm going to have to pay a visit. There's even more Spectral Blades in the Crucible. Yes. <laughs>
3: and I was listening to the DCP, and they said it's possible that they want to give it one last hurrah. With,
1: that would make sense.
3: Yeah. Just one last, you know, it's like before they nerf it. One last run out there with the Specter Blades. Spectre Did Blades. They do, didn't they do that with Galahorn? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, they had they a like one-week sold... meta. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They sold Galahorn the week before Taken King. And then they nerfed it. <laughs> <that week>. Yeah. <laughs> what a slap so. in the face. That's great, though. Yeah. And then the people on Xbox, like, unfortunately, they didn't get that. They didn't get... Full hawk moon.
0: They yeah. got the they got the gimt hawk moon. You know. Yeah,
3: I'm an Xbox boy, so
0: oh. I fully understood. I I got hawk moon. I was like, oh, this is the weapon everyone's been talking about. And then I was,
1: yeah. Actually, originally, me and Shadow Price started playing Destiny on the Xbox platform. Then we moved on to PlayStation 4, and then finally. We built our PCs literally the day before beta came out. Yeah. On PC. Yeah, and we... we never looked back.
0: Did you guys get D two like on PS four, like for those first couple mm-hmm. months, or did you totally wait until the PC no, we, came out?
3: We were there. Shadow Price,
1: which which copy of of Destiny two did you purchase for the PS four?
3: Purchased the collector's edition. Oh
1: boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, just check. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep, it's sitting on my shelf, right back there.
1: Yep. Listen, I promise you that solar blanket will come in handy one day. Between that and the solar charger, oh man! Oh yeah, you're gonna be, you're gonna be set. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, but uh, to move on to some other updates, we do have uh, infusion fixes that will take place next week. Also, with Gambit Prime, we have a number of changes taking place. For Invasion Kills, um, Invasion Kills will heal 8% of Primeval Health instead of 12%, so in fact you're doing less damage when you kill some, somebody from the opposite team. Uh, portal Cooldown Timer has been increased to 40 seconds, up from 30 seconds that is currently in place right now. The cooldown after kill or invasion return will also be in effect. And finally, Gambit Prime will count towards the weekly Gambit Clan engram progression.
2: Good.
0: The, uh, the invader was very strong in Gambit Prime. And this is coming from an invader. Um, actually today, I played a Gambit Prime match. My team was just ridiculously awful. Um, <laughs> they really were mm. and I just kept invading 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 and we came back I think they probably had primeval slayer times nine and we had it like times two or times three but I was able to buy us another five ten minutes just because of how
2: often I was able to invade and how much it healed so I, mm. I'm i glad this change was actually coming it, it was a little ridiculous yeah yeah
1: and then also for Uh, Quests and bounties, we have a number of changes coming to that as well. Uh, You will have all four weekly roll bounties will grant you the powerful helmet reward. So if you are chasing any of those uh, helmets, you can acquire them much more easily now. Um, Also, the power surge bounties will be returned to the Drifter if you do not complete them. So if you are chasing that 6 uh 640 light, I uh, you will have some welcoming changes coming there. And also the yes sir, I am closer weekly gambit prime bounty will grant the following rewards. Uh 4.4 point, four points for wins, 2 points for losses, and to complete that bounty, you have to have a total of 20 points. And that concludes the patch notes preview for update 2.2.1. Do you guys have any final thoughts on these
2: changes? Good changes. Yeah. I, I like how they're addressing, um, all the arc sequences. Definitely happy about that.
1: Definitely. And before the weekly update concluded Cosmo did mention a couple of things Well, actually both Cosmo and Deej made some statements regarding the elephant in the room aka Crucible shadow price do you want to share with our audience what Deej and what Cosmo said
3: sure Uh, they go on to quote "Um, I know there's been a lot of community chatter about the crucible There's been a lot of speculations about our plans. We want to absolutely go on record and say, there are members of the development team who come into Bungie every day to work on Destiny. And they're hard at work upstairs right now on future evolutions for the Crucible. We have bigger Crucible changes being planned for later this year, but we aren't ready to talk about those plans just yet. We hope to share more with you sometime this summer. In the meantime, We will continue to provide updates to matchmaking, quality of life fixes, sandbox balance, and glory changes. So they wanted to make sure that they got that word out that, you know, they have not forgotten about Crucible. And it's something that will be coming down the pipe. Hopefully changes to all these things. Like, I'm really looking at the glory changes. I'm hoping that's something substantial.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I mean the the change that they made this season. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to really play comp. It's actually I pretty nice. Bit. Yeah. yeah. It, you do progress much quicker.
3: Fat, way faster.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that was appropriate because even getting just a max ranking comp took a long time, very long time. So this change was good. Yeah. I'm like you said, I'm happy to see what else they have for us when it comes to glory changes.
1: Yeah, I think the Crucible needs a lot of changes in order for it to be something that people want to play. I think that the updates that we got in March were a step in the right direction, definitely, so I can't fault them for it. I do think that it kind of sucks that we haven't gotten a single new Crucible map in seven months since Forsaken launched. And between that... And Bungie being so quiet about the state of the Crucible, and with Josh Hamrick and John Wisniewski leaving last week uh, from Bungie, I think that there were a lot of speculations about whether or not Crucible would even be a thing one or two years from now as Destiny evolves as a game. So I think they need to do a little bit better, and I think they also need to maybe preserve what works in the game and not be so quick to abandon it, which I think Trials of Osiris, it was a fun event. I think that they should have maintained that mode as it was. And if they brought it back the way that it was in D1, I think people would be happy, even if it's something that's in between what they really want to do next with competitive multiplayer and the crucible.
4: Yeah, I think
0: something they could do is introduce Crucible Labs again. Do three V three just elimination, just in Crucible Labs. See community feedback on it. Cause they I believe that they said that they think three V three elimination wouldn't be wouldn't work as well. Did they say something like this? Or am I quoting nothing?
3: Um I I I think they said something similar to that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like at least just put it out there, see what people think about it. Cause maybe they could be right. Maybe it doesn't work in D two as well as we think. You never know. But at least put it out there. Use the Crucible Labs yeah. function. They well, I don't can't remember the last time they used Crucible Labs. Months ago. It
3: was it was for the rockets. It was for the Scorch Cannons. Oh yeah,
0: I think you're right. Or that, or Break Breakout Break. Whatever that game out is that no one plays. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah,
1: so yeah. It almost feels like they abandoned Crucible Labs as an idea as well because they kind of just stopped doing it, and we haven't really heard anything about it ever since. I think bringing it back is a good idea, and maybe adding rewards to it that are unique and special that you can't really acquire elsewhere, whether it be a special emblem that you get in the game or a special weapon skin that you get, or like a gun that is a testament to what you did in the Crucible Lab.
0: Yeah, like, play 50 matches at Crucible Labs, you get an emblem that looks like a test tube, and you're like, hey, you, you completed 50 matches helping us test the game, here's an emblem. Stuff like that, like,
2: yeah. small things.
1: Or how about that? What if they made a seal for Crucible Labs, and you can grind out to get that seal as, like, the tester, or, like, <laughs> some tester. cool title that represents... Who you are as the Crucible Lab guinea pig. Yeah, I was Ooh, the guinea the pig. Question. I love the that guinea, title. The guinea pig
3: emblem. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'd be so funny.
0: It's like, Ribbonsbane, Dredgen, <laughs> guinea pig.
3: Yeah.
1: If that actually comes to life, then you know where you heard it first. <laughs> you,
0: you walk up to Shaxx and he goes, welcome, guinea pig.
2: <laughs> this really deep voice.
1: It. What would Dredgen call you? He'd probably laugh he in your face. He calls me traitor. He'd probably laugh. Yeah. He calls me traitor now. He doesn't like He'd me He'd call that you much. a pig. <laughs> <laughs>
2: probably say like oink oink as you like invade mm-hmm. or something, something stupid. Yeah, that would be fun. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah,
0: well, the, that would definitely make things more interesting. Speaking of you being called a snitch or whatever, uh, the drifter called me that, and I sided with him. I was like, okay asshat. I sided with you. What are you talking about? So I think that's an audio bug. I was a little pissed off. I was like, really, homie? I didn't betray you.
3: <laughs> we're, we're, we're homies, bro. I yeah. Just,
1: I, I don't think, I I don't think it's an audio bug. It's not an audio bug. It is an identity crisis. <laughs> Probably. He's a little confused. Maybe he had one too many drinks. Maybe he's talking. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah,
3: he, yeah, he had some of that moat juice. Overdo- dark juice.
2: Overdosed on some uh, Vex milk, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. That's great. So, we have a tradition on the
1: show. We rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. Between 1 and 5. 1 being really crappy, and 5 being the best damn spicy tuna roll money can buy. How would you rate this week's Bungie Weekly Update?
3: Now, I know I gave this 3.5 last night before the snafu. I'm going to up it to 4 because just l- listening to all the changes that they made with all these, like, all the subclass changes and things like that and the introduction of the catalysts and them addressing the Crucible, you know, a little bit more than what they did on the thing the other day. Um, I think I'm going to up mine to a 4.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree, a 4. Um, I think... They, If they were to call this update something, it would definitely be like mid-season quality of life update because it's a lot of quality of life stuff that actually we've been talking about since the beginning of Season of the Drifter. Um, So it's nice to see these things. Um, It's not a huge update, but it's definitely something that we'll notice in the world. So yeah, I give it a four. Um, They talked about a a lot of good stuff. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four as well just because you guys are back. We're recording a podcast. I'm feeling good, so screw it. I'll give it a four. Why not? You know, I was a little hard on them yesterday about the the Arc Week not being as eventful as I thought it could be, and you know what? I still feel that way. I think that they could have done a lot better with Arc Week, but screw it. They're making changes. They're making the game better. We have some catalysts to chase after, even though we have to play the same strikes we've been playing for the last two freaking years i'm happy they're making changes they're they're giving us a better destiny and i think that we're going to be looking back at this moment in in a year or two and we're going to appreciate the game at that point a lot more than the incremental changes that we're
2: seeing today absolutely yeah
1: so moving on Let's let's talk about the future of Destiny after the annual pass, after the season of the opulence, and we have a an individual to thank for this by the name of Anon the Nine on Reddit for providing this information to the Destiny community.
3: Yeah, and a quick spoiler alert, just in case anybody doesn't want to hear this, once going completely dark to any of this new uh, content that will be possibly coming. Just
1: wanted to give a quick spoiler. We're going to possibly spoil some shit because Anon tends to be pretty accurate with his reporting. If there's any individual, I would trust it's him. These are just rumors, just speculations that we're going to just throw at you and talk about. And we're going to mention some of the things that he talks about in his post on Reddit from just a few days ago and he talks about destiny 2 coming to us this fall with an annual pass 2.0 model instead of a larger sized dlc like what we got with the taken king with rise of iron and with forsaken so we can expect more of an annual pass 2.0 where the first expansion piece will have a larger content drop, and then the second and third one will be on a smaller scale. What are your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, so I think it might sound bad, but I think they can execute this really well, actually. Um, I know you've been talking about, and a lot of people have been talking about playing the same strikes, doing the same stuff. I do think that they've heard that feedback, and I think they'll definitely introduce um, more things. And I think that they learned a lot from this year's annual pass. Um, this is the first year of them doing something like this. I think they can actually execute this really well, even though it doesn't sound as great as a big expansion. But if they need to focus on Destiny 3, if that's what they're doing, and they're, um, they're putting more teams uh, working on that, I think they could actually do this really well, even though it
2: doesn't sound amazing.
3: Yeah, give us some reprise strikes back, things that were in D1, Mm -hmm. things like that. It's not super easy to reproduce that content because I guess they would have to recreate some of those assets. Because I guess just the scaling of the engines wasn't completely, you know, since it's a newer engine that they're using. I mean, it's the same engine, but it's got newer, I think, capabilities and things like that. But they just they have to recreate some of that stuff.
1: But I mean, they still have the source code for all that. So. And I think the blueprint is already there. And if they really need to focus their efforts on destiny three, they can always charge, let's say $30 for an annual pass 2.0, and then hand off some of that workload to another studio to work on bringing us, for example, vault of glass 2.0 and bringing back some of the old strikes bringing back some of the old weapons from Iron Banner in Destiny 1 bringing back the content that would be special to the people who came from Destiny 1 but also would feel new and fresh for the players who only played Destiny 2 especially the, the players who play the game on PC oh my god i would love to have a blast from the past iron banner oh would love it
3: so much get to get like a aphrodite spear or a Yolder's Hammer. Or Fell Winter's Lie.
0: Don't speak of that sniper ever again. <laughs> god. <laughs>
3: oh, man.
0: Um, as long as it yeah. doesn't have
3: final round, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Or uh, <laughs> Shot Package. Oh, um,
3: Shot Package.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, my friend actually had a god roll. I think it had Rangefinder and Shot Package. I was like, oh, I man. hate you so much. Um... Yeah, something that I was actually thinking about was I wonder if Activision maybe wanted them to put out another forsaken Size DLC for D2. And I wonder if they, because they're gone now, they're going to kind of split up that content and make that into an annual pass rather than a big
2: content drop. I, I don't see Activision approving a $30 annual pass again. I, I I guess I just can't see Activision wanting them to do that. I don't know. What do you guys think?
3: It would buy them, probably.
2: Yeah. Like that. You know, so it's possible, yeah, that, that's, that they could do
1: that. I think that uh, the content that's going to be coming out this fall, they probably started working on it at least a year ago. It's not something that they just were gone for two months and then it's available for everybody to play these things go through yeah. a very strict process especially when getting the content out on platforms like playstation and xbox so i think they're probably some of the influence from activision will still be there in a way is it possible that they break up the content it would kind of make sense depending on what the content is. If it breaks up story elements that make it feel like they broke up part of the game that you paid for, I think the community had already had an issue with this in the past with Indie 1. So I think they would be very careful to do that again in Indie 2, especially with the player base being so sensitive about how Bungie handles the game. Without activism with the they con- have no one else to blame
3: with the remarks from Luke Smith and things like that you know I could see something with the VEC, possible you know yeah. um in the fall you know it just it doesn't seem like that would be so far off and everything like he would make those remarks and just you know that we wouldn't get that something like that possibly you know knowing that people you know are very nostalgic for that for things that were from D1, and things like that. I think that would be a good play, how they could kind of, you know, because some people haven't played that content. Like, people who are just PC have never played that content before.
1: It's a good point. And I think for me as a Destiny 1 player who really enjoyed a lot of things about Destiny 1, it would be very cool to go back to some of these places. and. There are rumors about Venus coming to Destiny 3, and we're going to talk about that next. But to go back to your point, I think it would be a lot of fun if we got to go back and explore areas like the Vault of Glass this fall, and maybe go into Crota's End, you know, sometime during the winter or spring uh, season of content that hopefully will drop at that point so i think it would be pretty cool and i'd love to see something instead of nothing so even if it's a 30 Mm dollars annual pass that keeps me playing even if it's part-time i think that's okay i'd rather do that than have nothing to do in destiny for an entire year kind of like what happened with the taken king expansion where We didn't see anything between The Taken King and Rise of Iron.
3: Yeah, Yeah. it was just like the April update, pretty much.
0: (laughs) That's why I kind of... I think people don't realize, actually, how good the annual pass is. Like, look at this time of year during Rise of Iron. Look at this time of year during uh, The Taken King. We actually didn't have anything new. Like, we would be getting a new spring update right now. Can you imagine... If they drop Forsaken and there hasn't been anything until like this month, they are announcing something new coming. Like a few weeks, like
2: a lot of people would have dipped by December, it would have been gone. So,
1: I will say one thing. My favorite update in Destiny was the April update after Rise of Iron came out. Age of Triumph. when they Age brought Triumph. back all the rage, yeah. the Age of Triumph. That was my favorite update in the game. Yeah, same to me. That was so special for them to bring back all of those old weapons. And it almost shows us that, hey, if they brought back an annual pass with Destiny 1 content, it could work and it would be less work for them to do. And they could reuse some of the assets, upgrade them, maybe bring on a team like Vicarious Visions who can bring this content to life on PC and the modern console.
3: I mean, Devolver has expressed uh, interest. So is there, is there something that, you know, are they big enough to be able to work on something like that possibly?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point. I, I don't know. I know they expressed interest in working with Bungie. And if Devolver Digital, if anybody from that company wants to come on the show and talk to us about their thoughts on this, we'd love to have you come on the show. Yeah. And uh, chat with us. Those guys so, are yeah. really cool. We're, we're fans, for sure. So, let's, let's move on and talk about some more Destiny rumors. And let's talk about Destiny 3. We have some locations that Anon talks about in his uh, Reddit post. And he talks about Old Chicago, Europa, and a return to Venus. He also mentions a pyramid-like ship to be the home of the new endgame content. It was also a hologram in a recent Queen's Court. And and at the end of
3: the vanilla Destiny 2 story. Yeah.
1: And they will have new enemy races called the Astrodemons, or the Veil. And their description is pretty interesting. They're described as dark green skinned with sharp claws and distinct Stench of wet
2: earth. Such a strange description. Yeah, wet earth. Pretty strange. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's the bungee. The bungee writing team there for you. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what makes them awesome. Um. Also, they are the true servants of the darkness, especially. are they are the true servants of the darkness, equally as powerful as the guardian.
0: This is really interesting, I think, because it, how they introduce these enemies could be very different than the others. because they might not be
2: cannon fodder, they might actually be tougher, stronger, bigger, uh, harder to fight rather than a drag. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that they can suppress your abilities, too. They can suppress your light. That should be interesting. Fight against. I know there's been a big uh, controversy, controversy, but uh, mystery
0: behind one of the concept arts where it shows these moth people. Are You guys familiar with this?
3: I think I seen a glimpse of it.
0: Yeah, so there's a concept art with these moth-like people that had wings and they flew and they they just looked like bugs. They had claws. This kind of sounds like the description. I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of see a version of this from the concept art back in 2018.
3: Yeah, and this could give us, like, our Darkness subclass,
2: too. That would be yeah. awesome. I would love that so much. I'm curious how they would introduce the story for that. Like,
3: why would the Guardian just be like, I'm out? And then the I Darkness think to, accepts them. I think it's more of to, under, to be able to fight the Darkness. You consume the darkness as a subclass,
2: and that's how you're able to, you know, deal with them. Better. Oh, so like if. Fight fire with it,
0: fire. Yeah. That's actually an interesting concept. I never thought of it like that.
3: Yeah. I could see Eris Morn coming back and like helping us with that and everything,
0: too. Yeah.
3: She, you know, she's she already. A
0: little bit. She's already like super powerful. Like. Yeah. Do you remember when we were stealing Crota's soul in his throne world and then we started to die and she just started humming really weird like a ritual and she just teleported us back and she's like, okay, you're fine. And we were just like, all right, cool. Like, wait, yeah, she, she just ba- teleported yeah. us. Like, how does she do that? She basically
3: did the little thing in Borderlands. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then she's like, no problem. I'm like, what did you just do? <laughs>
4: how did you do that?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's that's, uh,
1: really cool. And actually, there is a description of this new game that's being built by Bungie for Destiny 3. Shadow Price, do you want to give me a really bassy voice and read this description for us?
3: Would this be the story? Yes. Okay, so here's a backdrop here. During the collapse, the god of the veil was slain in a conflict with the light. Since then, the veil has been waiting the traveler to reawaken so they can siphon its power to resurrect their dead god according to on the ninth and it looks like the things that i just talked about like that could be rumored here uh, darkness themed abilities and subclasses
2: as one of the things here so um,
3: it also looks like open world EV, EVE areas like that happened in planetside i think i played that game once like yeah can you describe that like how does that work it's basically a huge it's like a big open world basically that's how planetside was and they're literally having these epic battles like map all across the map basically like these you know all these players are on the you know on the map at the same time and you're fighting enemies but you're all you're you're fighting yeah, the darkness enemies, but you're also fighting other, you know other people
2: stuff too. So I could see something like that totally happen. That would that would be yeah, pretty cool. I, I think I
1: think these changes would definitely make the game very different, but in a very, very cool and unique way. Yeah, it would make it I fresh think- too.
3: And uh
0: but I think we could all agree that they would have to make it right because yeah, the smallest problem with that, people are going to be up in arms.
2: Like, the smallest thing.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who, when they followed the Activision breakup from Bungie, they're like, you know what? I'm really going to be watching what happened with yeah. Destiny 3. Yeah. You know? And it's like, that could bring a whole new bunch of people back. You know if they do it right
1: yeah i think it's a pretty big opportunity for bungie to bring players back but also to gain new players who maybe played other games like the division and they really enjoyed dark zone so they can come into destiny and experience something that's similar and just refreshes the game and makes it feel fresh imagine the time during the dawning when they first introduced sparrow racing right it was something completely new that we never saw in the game it felt different and unique and cool and fun and i think this new open world pv pve concept could add that element to the game that really gives it that spice and makes things interesting
3: what if space battles Space battles. Come on, Bungie. Come on. We we had it in Halo Reach. if it was just one mission, give us space battles.
2: Yeah, they put a lot of time into the mission. That could not have been easy. I mean, for one mission, that's... Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, imagine if they created, like, four maps where you have just space combat between Guardians, and then they can add gambit style elements to it where you have to pretty much fight your enemies in space and fight bosses, it would that be, would be very cool. It would be the perfect time for them to do it, too, because
3: so many people have been asking for that.
1: And I think the game is also matured enough where they did enough to the game where they could try something new and get away with it. And I think the community really wants for the game to feel fresh again. And I think this would do it. Definitely.
0: Also, in general, just like a space game. In any space-themed movie, TV show, game, there's always some sort of like space battles. And it's kind of weird that it's out of place. In Destiny. Like we saw it with Taken King during the cutscene, which is really cool.
3: But like you would think that stuff would happen more often than we hear about. Yeah, it'd be yeah. the perfect opportunity for them to cash in on that, I'm telling you. Like, people will flock to the game if they know that's happening.
2: Yeah, that'd be
1: cool. Yeah, and We have a couple more things about Destiny 3 that was revealed to us on Reddit by Anon. And uh, one, Destiny 3 will cater more to hardcore players and will be a much more challenging game. Than the previous titles. It will also have a much greater RPG element to the game, which I think would make it very cool if they did that.
3: This is all speaking to me
2: right here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, as somebody who's played the game since beta of Destiny 1, I can very much relate to having a more hardcore game, having a game that's not catered to the casual players like what we got with vanilla destiny 2 i would rather see a more rpg based game where there is much more detailed progression to the game and i think they still have to figure out the light leveling and the power leveling uh, system within the game but once they do that i think they have something very unique and very special and different from all other rpgs and I think that could be their big selling point.
3: Yeah, because let's be honest, that that's going to change as far as I believe the light level, how the how we level, and how we progress. Sure.
1: Oh, I agree. It has to change, and I think they have expressed disinterest in the current system. They they know that it's broken, but they can't really do a whole lot to fix it at this time. So it's going to have to be what it is until they are able to make more substantial changes, and unfortunately, this may not come until Destiny 3.
3: Yeah, I see the UI undergoing a huge facelift in everything, too. Sure.
2: Yeah. And we can expect Destiny 3 in fall of 2020.
1: Do you guys have any thoughts on uh, these changes, or these rumors? Or the release date that was predicted.
2: So, I'm probably just as hardcore as you guys are. Um, I, I grinded a lot. I, I would wake up early in the morning. Uh, play Forsaken when it first came out. Like, I,
0: it was a great time. Um, it really catered to hardcore on release and kind of faded out into a little bit of both, uh, uh hardcore and casual, but. At the same time, I hope Destiny 3 doesn't totally go hardcore because I know a lot of people um, that I've met who say that they play like three hours every day, two hours every day, and they're probably not even the most casual and they sometimes feel overwhelmed by certain things. So I'm not saying that they shouldn't make it hardcore, but I am saying there are certain things that they could do to make it so those players still feel like they get something out of it. Um, I know on last week's or two, two weeks ago, podcast, you guys were talking about the Iron Burden, how it, or how it, or what was it called, the one that boosts you by 100 levels?
3: Um, That was Wolf's Favor? Yeah, whatever that
0: was. I know you guys were speaking uh, sort of negative about it, but I have a friend who's light level 600, 610. He always wanted to play Iron Banner, but never could, and he wanted the weapons because he was like, this is a way to level up, but I can't because everyone just destroys me, I don't do any damage. He was able to do that, still work on his bounties and he actually leveled up quite a bit from that and with like these power surge bounties he's up to 660 and he's finally able to play new content with us so there's certain things like that they could do that wouldn't totally break everything uh, I-, I hope that they don't totally swing the pendulum where players actually fall out of destiny I hope that they can still find a place for those players and make it even more hardcore for those people like us who.
1: I, and actually I'm glad you brought that up because the wolf's favor only works when you're playing in the in Iron the crucible, banner. and not only crucible, yeah. but only in the Iron Banner. Yeah. So it's not something that would affect players who are going into, let's say, revelry. Yeah. So I had misspoke, and we my found that out afterwards. That ability, yeah. But it, yeah, it is something that we did find out after the fact. And looking back at it, if it does make Iron Banner more. Accessible to more players I'm not against that idea I think that making the game more accessible to more people is always a good thing and as long as there are mechanics in the game that allow them to somewhat catch up but at the same time not get maybe all of the pinnacle weapons that the hardcore players would have like for example the oxygen SR3 or the recluse or the uh, delirium 18% 21% 21%. Damn it, Bobby. <laughs> Damn it, Bobby. Delirium 21%. Um so there are going to be those rare weapons like those and thousand voices. Still don't have it, so I'll keep you guys up to date. Hopefully next week I get it.
3: Yeah. Like and um, just like in D1 where they had like uh you know difficulty setting like they had like yes. Certain, yes. You know. Something like that, you know, like normal, heroic and legendary
2: how yeah. did in halo every too, so.
1: yeah so looking back at the annual pass in the form that it is in today what do you guys think about the annual pass
3: i think it serves the type of player who wants to extend their destiny fun you know during times where big expansions can't be released um I think it does what it's supposed to do. You know, it's like um I'm enjoying Season the Drifter. Um just like Protheon said before, I'm not like playing it every day. I'm playing it very, you know, I would say partially casual.
2: So. Yeah, same. I
1: think I've been playing the game much more casually this season. I think that there are a number of things that i really like about this season i do wish that we went into the tower and it felt fresh and new and the vanguard had new stuff and you know every vendor had new things for you to chase after and i wish for destiny to come back to that because those were almost the good times when the game felt exciting and fun and i really wish that they can bring back some of these elements into the annual pass. So that's one piece of criticism that I have for it. Besides the fact that we haven't gotten any new strikes. I wish that we did because that would make the game more fun. Along with what we have so far, I think this would be the sweet spot that I know they can they can do. And I hope other people are as passionate about these changes and want these changes to come to the game enough for them to hopefully introduce them into future annual pass type releases
4: yeah i
0: think i think they have learned how like they, they know the, some good things with the pass they know some bad things with the annual pass that's why i was kind of saying earlier i i think they'll i think they'll do it pretty well for what supposedly this might be the last year of destiny too i think that they could do it pretty well um, as long as they listen to that feedback and
3: they can get it right i really do no seeing that also too that this was their first attempt at the annual pass yeah
2: so now do you guys think
1: that destiny can keep the player base playing the game going into the fall season especially with games like borderlands 3 coming out in september and Halo Master Chief Collection being announced for the PC. Or do you think some players will move away from Destiny for maybe a year or two until Destiny 3 is out? I think some people
3: will and some people, you know, because people are going to split their time, I feel like. They're going to come back when there's new content that's interesting like say you know some say some people don't like gambit so they wouldn't see this contact drop as very fun and rewarding worth playing but say they like something better with like oh there's these really cool new pve activities that you know are really enjoyable or pvp you know or they introduce like six new maps in pvp and it's like oh let's go back in there and, and grind or some new stripes
2: Yeah, I think
1: I think it'll be interesting to see what Bungie does going forward with the fall expansion or annual pass 2.0, whatever will come this fall. I'm pretty excited to play. I'm excited for Season of the Opulence and to get a chance to play another raid. And uh, that's going to be really exciting. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the Leviathan and how they can revitalize that area to make it more fun going into the summer and keep us in the game and enjoying it, uh, even if it's not full-time, even if it's not with us spending all of our time playing Destiny.
0: This might sound odd to say, but I think if these rumors are true, it's actually a really good thing for um, Bungie that Borderlands 3 is coming out in September. Um, it gives them. It gives them some time, I guess you could say, um, if players are going to move away, that their next big title coming out, which would hopefully be Fall 2020, actually won't have as much competition as like Borderlands. Like imagine if they were releasing another Forsaken-sized expansion this fall with Borderlands 3, that would be a big decision maker for a lot of people what to play. For this, they might be like, well, I'll play a little bit of Destiny, but I'm going to play a lot of Borderlands 3, and then, you kind of know what I mean? Like, I think this is an overall good mm-hmm. thing for them, actually.
3: Yeah, I do see what you mean.
1: Yeah, and that's that's kind of how I feel, because I love Borderlands, and I've played that game since the very first game that came out, and I absolutely loved it. It was one of my favorite co-op games to this day, actually, and... I got a chance to play through Borderlands 2 lately and I've been having so much fun in that game, especially with the new remaster update that came out. So it it's fun to go back and play with your friends and there's so many weapons to chase after and it's almost like it it feels fresh to play something new rather than grinding out the same thing. And you can either be upset with Bungie for not releasing more content, or you can be understanding of the situation and realize that they're doing the best they can with the time and with the resources that they have. And I appreciate that about them. There are things that I really love about this season, especially the lore, and I really like the changes that are coming to Gambit, and they're continuing to refine it and make it better. So I'm excited to see where this goes. I hope they do more with PvP and the Crucible, because I did enjoy playing Crucible a lot more in D1 than I do in D2, so I think there is much work to be done in that area, but at the same time, as you guys mentioned, it's okay to play other games. It's okay to take breaks. There are other games that deserve our time, and we should play other things. And Come back and play Destiny whenever new content is out. Play through the seasonal content, but come in with the proper expectation knowing that you're not going to get a larger expansion for a little bit of time as they ramp up to bring Destiny 3 to life.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, because
3: Borderlands, it was like the looter shooter, you know, that, that put the looter shooters on the map.
1: Yeah, and I'm so excited to get you into the Borderlands series. And you actually just purchased the first Borderlands, right? And you're gonna be getting the enhanced edition with that purchase.
3: Yeah, I already downloaded it all. Very I'm cool. Ready to go.
1: So I'm I'm excited to play that. And it's it's gonna be interesting to play not only Destiny, but play other games that are coming out like Maybe, oh, I don't know, Metroid Prime Trilogy. (laughs) And there's going to be a Pokemon game coming out at the end of the year. So there's a lot of stuff for us to do. And speaking of which, I do have to end this episode at some point because I have some Pokemon to play. So let's finish up the conversation before I dive into Pokemon. (laughs) And let's give our final impressions of the game. Is there anything that you guys want to share with the developers that can help them to either give us a better annual pass in in the future or some of the things that you really love about this annual pass that you think they should continue to do for future seasons?
0: Yeah, so just like what Shadow said, um, they are bringing us back to play. It, that's that's what they want to do, and that's working. So,
2: just know what's working and know what's not, and apply that to your two version.
3: Yeah, I mean, fit in the store, story and lore where it makes sense and things like that. To like, I, I'm guessing there's going to be some integral parts of season of opulence that's going to be very prominent in the story going forward with callus things like that. So that's going to be interesting to see how Bungie's going to weave that in. Every two. So.
1: I don't trust that guy. I think he's still messing with us. He's testing us. There's something going on with that guy.
3: I don't know. According to his leaks, we're going to be buddy-buddy again. We're going to still going to be buddy-buddies in Destiny 3. They're going to be on our side. We're not going to be having the Cabal uh, as an enemy anymore. Or the Fallen.
1: Are you saying they will not be saying... Cabal again anymore? Nah. He's saying
2: a veil again?
0: How funny would that be if like the start to Destiny 3 is a cutscene of this like really intense moment. There's just two people and they look off in the distance and they go, Cabal again? And it just shows like just a ton of cabal saying, Hey, hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Like just like totally normal. (laughs) Just like in the world, like, oh, it's the cabal again. Hey, how you guys doing?
3: Like, wow. You guys aren't Total
1: a-holes. <laughs> oh, it's the Cabal again. Hey, guys. Hey. Come join us. Let's fight. Do something useful.
0: <laughs> Got some
3: sand you guys want to eat. Y- you hungry?
1: <laughs>
3: hey, and I'll be just happy to see our buddy Varix again, too. Dismantle <laughs> mines. yes.
1: Oh, I'll try and soon. Me too. Do you guys remember Skolas? That was fun. Oh my that is God. my
0: favorite fight destiny. I'm not kidding. That is my favorite fight I've ever had. That was the most challenging fight. Well, mm-hmm. Orc was pretty challenging, but skull loss. Uh, my my friends and I were at that hours and when we got oh it right. God. It was one of the best feelings in the world. There was this one where both of us were dead and the last guy had, what was it? T- tainted something.
3: Yeah. Passing it? the, the taint. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the taint, whatever. Um, and he was running and t- it's like hitting five seconds and, he goes to revive someone so he could take take the taint off them. Of but he puts up a shield, and we're all going, oh, "No, why did you do that?" But he revived him just in time to oh where he god. actually died with the taint. But my friend got revived, and he didn't have the taint on him, so we actually had bonus time. We're like, "Oh my god!" And we were freaking out, and we killed him that same run. It was Skolas is awesome. I I love love that fight.
3: That was a good. That was a good one for sure. Yeah, it took us about six, seven hours. I think it was like. Yeah, like a freaking
2: yeah. raid, basically. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I loved the fight. And then they actually yeah. nerfed it, him with, like, the modifiers and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. I think it's one of the sweatiest things that I ever had to play in the game. It was worse than playing a strike with all white weapons and armor. It was yeah. worse than, than Crota. Crota
3: How about when it was Arc Singe week and all the freaking Fallen had Arc? <laughs> oh, my and god!
0: And they tracked you. The tracked you. Who made that design? It's like, yeah. geez, you can't even hide behind cover. it still got you.
1: Hi, I'm Deech from Bungie. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Those were some good times. What if they introduce a Court of Oryx or a um, Skoloss type DLC where we got to go back to the Prison of Elders and fight Skoloss again during a future update.
3: I would like to see Prison of Elders come back. I thought that was their best attempt at uh, horde mode. I uh, think that
0: was their best leveling system with the Etheric Light.
1: Um, And if Mm -hmm. you think about it, they kind of already made those assets because we have a strike that's kind of themed around the Prison of Elders, no? Yeah. So if they just, you know, add some more mines and they say, Hey, dismantle mines, yes? Or you die they can still they can make this happen, add more challenge to it, add some more bosses to it, and make it into a horde style activity
3: and they, or they can make it more dungeon like you know, since they like could do some
2: dungeon stuff too yeah, all really
1: great ideas, guys, thank you so much for being here, and I really appreciate you guys coming back on tonight. To talk about destiny. I know it's getting kind of late and Pokemon is waiting. I have a Mew to play with and uh some other shiny Pokemon that I have to catch. But to wrap things up, Protheon, where can we learn more about you?
0: So you could find me on Twitter at Protheon underscore. And also you can find me in the Dreadgeon Legends Discord server. It is the Discord server I run. Um you'll find me there if you ever want to meet new guardians.
4: Find me there.
1: And we will have that in the link down below the show notes. So make sure to check that out at www.destinyshow.com for the show notes for this episode. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you?
3: Before I uh, say where you can find me and everything, um, I kind of know why, uh, Korn is talking about Pokemon right now and things like that. So, uh, I'll let you in on a little secret. Um, today. Is Cornholio's birthday. So I want to wish him a very happy birthday. He is my best friend. So, um, yeah, happy birthday, man.
2: Thank you, brother. Now I feel like a third
0: wheel. I did not know about this. So happy birthday. <laughs> I was not aware about this, but uh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. And I couldn't have asked to spend my birthday doing anything more fun than recording our podcast and putting it out there and actually having people listen to it, it's really still surreal. I'm still kind of get getting used to the idea that people actually actually listen to us. So it's really cool. It's a really great feeling and thank you very much. And Shadow Price, you are my best friend as well. And I know we started this thing like two years ago, right? It was about two years ago when we actually started the idea of doing a podcast, but it took us a little bit of time to really get going and to get get good, as they say. And this year, we really made it happen, and I'm really proud of that, and I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you, and I thank you.
3: Yeah. yeah. And I can't Likewise. wait for many more. Yep. So with that, you can follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79, and when I stream, you can... Of uh, follow me on twitch.tv forward slash I am Shadow Price.
1: Awesome. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast at www.destinyshow.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Podbean, and so many more platforms that I just don't have the energy to list. Till next time, Guardians, have a great evening and. We'll see you during Arc Week.
2: Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Cut. Bye.
1: Recording. Shadow Price. I think I'm.
3: Am I? Are you good, Jack? Yeah. Okay. You going to bed after this? Um.
2: You don't have to. You just gotta be quiet. Okay. Anything you do, you gotta be kind of quiet. Okay. All right.
1: Yeah. Also be kind of funny.
2: No, don't. that was a bad no. joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've been listening to a robots radio podcast. Spark shows. For interesting people. Check out all the shows
0: at robotsradio.net. I'm Bob. And I'm Brad. We're lifelong friends. And the hosts of the Film and Whiskey Podcast. This is the show where each week we review a classic movie and a glass of whiskey. That's right. Every week we go in-depth on a well-known movie while sampling the best from the world of scotch, bourbon, and more. Because nothing goes better with strong opinion than equally strong liquor. Bob's a movie nerd. Brad's an average Joe. But together, we give fresh insights and hot takes on the world of movies and spirits. So check out the Film and Whiskey Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network.